Support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from our friends at Bold Apps. If you've ever wanted to let other people sell in your store, but you don't want to warehouse the products, Bold has the app you need. It's called Marketplace. Your store could be a full marketplace or a hybrid where you sell products but allow other merchants to sell on it as well. As a store owner, you set the percentage commission you want to take to let merchants sell on your site. Merchants get their own dashboard to create products, set their own shipping, and fulfill their own orders. You just collect the commission. If you want to try Marketplace out for free for two months, just go to ecommerce-bootcamp.com bold to get started today. The unofficial Shopify podcast also gets support from our friends at Rewind. So you probably back up your important computer files, right? But what about your Shopify store? Not many store owners realize that Shopify doesn't have a way to recover deleted items for individual store owners. Rewind fixes that. So if you've used Time Machine for the Mac, it's like that, but for Shopify. Rewind backs up your products and product images, themes and theme assets, customers, orders, collections, pages, blogs, blog articles, comments, and more. And then if anything happens to them, say an employee makes a mistake or an app that you've installed has a bug, Rewind can help you rewind back to the way things were. They've got a five-star rating in the Shopify App Store and are backing up an insane 100 million items for thousands of Shopify stores right now. And here's the best part. It starts at just five bucks a month. You can get a free 14-day trial of Rewind by going to ecommerce-bootcamp.com rewind. Today in the unofficial Shopify podcast, we're talking about ways to make more money. That's what we're always talking about. Today specifically, we're going to talk about ways to make more money with Facebook ads. I'm bullish on Facebook ads. I love them. And today I've got none other than Kurt Bullock, slightly confusing. We have the same first name. He's a Shopify marketing master who specializes in Facebook ads. Uh, I know this because he's been working with me for the last several months, uh, fulfilling a lot of our projects and doing an extraordinary job. So I'm really excited to have him here with us. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll get into it. We're recording live from either cycle headquarters outside Chicago. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Kurt, thank you for joining us. Good morning, Kurt. How you doing? I am doing great. Okay. So diving right into it, Facebook ads and Shopify. We know Facebook ads are a great way to drive new traffic, qualify customers to your store, uh, bring back uh, prospects, people who haven't bought yet. But a lot of people who implement it themselves do it in a way probably differently than you and I would go about it. So let's start with what's the wrong way? How are people doing it and screwing it up? Well, you know, I think that a lot of people go at it with the uh, approach of trying to put together a profile. This is the way that before there were all these cool new targeting methods, it was really the only way to go. And so people, and this is what they teach in a lot of courses, you would go and put together a profile of your target customer, find all the interests. Like um, a, a customer avatar. There you go. You're putting together a customer avatar. Uh, you, you know, try and find all the magazines that they read, their customers, uh, you know, uh, their competitions, Facebook pages, and try and put together a profile and run ads to that group of, of interests. And the problem with that is you are reaching a cold audience at that point. They don't know anything about you. And it's uh, an expensive and hard way to go. And a lot of people come away from Facebook ads um, feeling that it doesn't work. I think, because they have difficulty with the targeting. So it's such an interest targeting, not very effective. What works better than interest targeting? So there's when, when I work with a new client, the first thing I do is get them to upload a, let's say, a customer list, uh, if it's larger than you know one or 200 customers, or their whole newsletter list so that we can create a custom audience. 
And why does it? Uh, why do we need the the two different lists? Why not just lump them together? So it's great if you can segment and kind of find the most your your let's say your best customers. Uh, so, for instance, if you were to rank them, just your newsletter um, members are going to be less targeted, less relevant than your customer list, who have all gone through and decided to purchase your product. So, if you have enough customers. Um, that you can upload this to Facebook. And, and the reason you need enough, I say that, is because Facebook's then going to use their their algorithm magic and uh, try and create a new audience for you, create a lookalike audience with completely unique people in there for you to uh, target your ads to. Um, that's based that, on, it's based on if I give them a list of email addresses or a list of phone numbers, which is less successful. What's the minimum for to make a lookalike audience? You know, I'm not sure what their hard number is, to be honest. I, I usually don't upload anything less than uh, 200. I, I don't have very good luck if I go under 200. And they may have a hard, a hard limit, but I, I couldn't tell you what it is specifically. Um, it changes. It's hard to keep up because the stuff changes so quickly. Yes, it does. I know it, I, it used to be 100, but that assume if you upload a list of 100, that assumes a 100% match rate, right? So not every email address will correspond to a Facebook account. Um, that's right. So if you, yeah, 200 is a totally safe number to do with. But let's say I had, like, I had uh, a bigger list of past customers. And this is one I generally, I'm not, I'm not even playing devil's advocate here. I generally wonder about this. Is it better to upload, let's say I've got a list of 10,000 customers and just put everybody who's ever given me a dollar or more or segment it and say, all right, should I only upload the thousand repeat customers I have since they'd be my best buyers or upload, you know, the, the buyers who spent more than a thousand dollars with me in the last year. That's, that's exactly right. I would definitely go ahead and upload the repeat buyers or the buyers that have exceeded a certain threshold. If you have numbers like 10,000 to work with, a lot of people don't. And so you kind of put together the best audience that you can and give Facebook the best material uh, to work with. Um, you know, they say, Look yeah, like audiences, for, we want quality over quantity. You got it. Garbage in, gar- garbage out. So, okay. uh, yeah. Um, so, so that's exactly right. So you want to make sure that, that you give them the best audience possible and it'll give you a new audience to, to target. Um, and so sometimes you do have to jump up to your newsletter list if you don't have very many uh, people to do that with. So they generate, we give it source material and we want whatever we have, but the highest quality we have, minimum 200 to be safe. And it generates a lookalike audience of that. So it just says, all right, Facebook bought uh, loyalty card data and credit card data and unbelievably creepy stuff that they know about you. Um, (laughs) But it makes for effective ads uh, when they could build these profiles. And it's not like there's a person doing it, which if that helps you make it feel less creepy, it's an algorithm that does it. No one actually can individually pinpoint people. They're very careful about that. Um, Right. But so it creates a list of 2 million people, say, in the U.S., once I've got that list of 2 million people, here's another one where, again, I'm, I'm not playing dumb. I really wonder this. Is it a good idea to j- uh, run the ads against that entire list of people? Or if I have a clear idea of who my best buyer is, to run some segmentation on that list. So I say, like, here's my best buyers. Give me a lookalike audience. Okay, now I know my best customers are women 25 to 34. So should we limit the custom audience to just that? That's what I try and go with. Two million is a is a high number. Now, Facebook I, is getting much better at being able to handle that. Before, it was a bad idea, in my opinion, to to just run against two million. But I still try and put on some sort of limits. 
albeit when I start a new campaign, I do try and go broad so that I can collect data because sometimes I'm surprised at who really is engaging and who's purchasing. So I, I oftentimes try and go broad. Uh, if you know, if I'm selling to a uh, selling something that is is for women um, primarily, I'll go ahead and select women, but I might leave the age range open and then let it run for maybe a week um, or a few days at the very least, and then go back check the results. Uh, and then I can begin to focus that in before I've wasted too much money on maybe those uh, outlying age segments. And that's where we get into, well, do you use the Audience Insights tool for this? Yes. Yep. I use Audience Insights to research it, and then um, I build the ads in, in the Power Editor. And so it's got a, a real similar uh, form that you'll find in the Audience Insights tool. You'll find it in the Power Editor for building these. I am addicted to the Audience Insights tool. It is my favorite thing. It is the coolest thing to play with because you don't have to spend any money with Facebook to use it. You could just say, all right, tell me what – give me – Facebook, you've got all this info. Give me all the demographic demographic data about my Facebook page likes or here's an email list or here's a list of phone numbers. Tell me what does this audience look like? And then they tell you like, okay, well, they're this likely to own a home, be married in this age range, have this level of education. It's just unreal. Um, I think it's it, a ton of fun to play with. It is. It is. It's crazy. And as you mentioned before – you know, Facebook purchases all these these third party, uh, you know, big hunks of data, and they uh, try and assimilate that and match it to uh, their Facebook users. So you you can find out stuff that's that not related. So for instance, if they're in the market for a car, uh, they're buying purchases, and you know, if they have a mortgage, um, and then stuff that you do indicate on Facebook. Like uh, I was talking with somebody yesterday that did. Um, things for people that are getting married and weddings. And so, you know, you can see if people are engaged um, and target people that are getting engaged, all kinds of, uh, it can be creepy if uh, if you're not careful with the way that you approach it. But really, really great information. Yeah, it's a, it's a little disturbing when, like, I've, uh, you know, we were shopping for a house and suddenly I'm seeing, like, ads for houses. And I'm like, I didn't put anything on Facebook right. about that. <laughs> or, <laughs> like, uh we hadn't announced to anyone that my wife is pregnant and we're already seeing ads on Facebook. Like, oh, that's, oh yeah. it's a little weird. In that's that, like, a little much. <laughs> Facebook is your Snoopy aunt who knows too much. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it, the end result, though, is it creates relevant advertising. Like, it's very personalized. It feels real. So, okay, when I've got, I've got my custom audience, I've got my audience inside, I've got all this stuff loaded into Facebook, how do I bring – well – I always viewed it, there's like three kinds of customers that I can advertise to. I got uh, cold traffic, people have never seen, heard of me before. Uh, warm traffic, people say visited the site in the last two, three, four weeks. And purchasers, people like my active customers who have bought from me. What, what do I do now? So, so what the goal would be to try and get to warm as quickly as possible. If you're brand new to the Facebook platform, uh, if you don't have a pixel on your site. I don't know if we need to clarify that for any of any of our uh, listeners, but yeah, explain uh, it. Yeah, the Facebook pixel, just a little little piece of code that you get from Facebook when you sign up for an ad account and you want to put it on all of your web properties, on every page of of all your sites, whether you're marketing them right now or not. The sooner the better because the day will come when it's useful to you and it can be a real treasure trove. Uh, if you have had it sitting there collecting information. So so I guess the way that it collects information is as people visit your site, this will communicate basic information about their activities on your site to Facebook that you can then use to market to them. So for instance, um, I had a customer, we had put a pixel on their site about six months ago. He forgot about it. They uh, engaged with uh, with us and 
um, for our first promotion, we had a list of 22,000 people um, that had visited their site and not taken any action. And, uh, you know, the owner in this case didn't know how we had collected that information, but it was because we had that pixel on there. So, um, so that's key. You really can't do Facebook advertising without a pixel. One last point on the pixel. That will also, um, that's what gets you your analytics data. So you can see if any of your ads are converting, if sales are coming from those ads, and it can really uh, help you steer um, your efforts. And without it, you're, you're pretty much going blind. So in Shopify, there's two ways to implement the Facebook pixel. I can either just drop it into, um, under website settings, it'll say like Google Analytics, and then your Facebook pixel, and just give it the ID number. It makes it very easy. That, when they first rolled that out, it had issues. It didn't report right. Um, has that been fixed? Do you use that, or do you manually uh, write it into the theme and the checkout settings? So I do I do both, depending on um, how sort of, I guess, the customer's uh, commitment to sending data and also their needs. So it, you're right, it used to be really bad and almost unusable, uh, and then they took major steps to fix that. So now you can actually uh, get by and also better than get by. You can do well by just putting the pixel in there. It'll send good data. I still run into issues um, with my customers that um, if we want to get really custom, then I usually go in and use Google Tag Manager and uh, we do a custom setup so that we can send exactly the data that we want um, for different actions um, that they take. So so you can go custom, but you know if you guys are, are getting started, by all means, just get the, that pixel ID number, um, and you can Google that. Uh, I'm sure there'll be 100 screenshots that show you what the pixel ID looks like. Pop it into your Shopify theme. You just go to uh, the online store and then preferences, and then it's going to be about halfway down the page. All right. So give me an example of – so I've got my – I've got an audience up. I've got my two, my email lists uploaded. I've generated lookalike audience based on those. Uh, I've run through them with audience insights to get a clearer picture of who my customers are. Uh, I've got my Facebook pixel integrated on my site, which you can also run audience insights on the anonymous visitors to your site. So it gets right. some value out of that, which is cool. Um, so now I'm, I'm at that point, I'm set up. I'm ready to start paying money and running ads. Which is kind of cool. At this point, we still haven't spent any money yet in this process. So how do I get um, – well, we both approach it as a funnel, right? You should always approach everything as a funnel. Um, right. Where do I start? What do I do? So Facebook's done some really cool things with uh, custom audiences. So my first, uh, my first objective uh, when I'm building a funnel is to um, take that cold traffic, that really wide audience of, you know, could be a million, could be, you know, a few million, uh, you know, if you, if you scope it that high and bring that down to just the people that have a realistic chance of being prospects um, for my, my products. Uh, and the way that there's a lot of ways to do that, but but one of the ways that Facebook has recently introduced is um, we can create custom audiences based on video views. So what I would do is after I have all the stuff that you just described set up, you could then put a a product video, uh, explainer video, something that you know they sort of the old the uh, old uh, way to remember it was to educate, uh, demonstrate, um, or entertain, or, or or as many as you can. So I put together a video like that. And then you can have Facebook create a new audience, a new custom audience, with people that have watched a certain percentage of your video. So if you get, uh, if you sort it by people who have watched 95% or more, they will be more relevant, but it will be a smaller audience. That's the, the trade-off. If you need a larger audience, 
then you could go uh, people that watch 25% of your video or 50%. The idea here is that people will only stick around and watch you know, 50% or 95% of your video if they are interested in, in what you're talking about. Um, and so that builds that, that next custom audience. And this audience uh, is gonna be more focused and this is where I'm gonna begin to really um, focus my advertising dollars and my, my retargeting campaigns from, from here down the funnel. So talk to me about, I love product videos, especially to get that initial traffic. Um, they're, you know, they're moving in my timeline. They indicate uh, a higher level of sophistication than if I just had an image ad. So talk, what makes a, a good video? What are the caveats here? Like, how long should they be? Should they have sat? What should I go for? There's a lot of testing uh, being done, and it sort of depends on your market. So I guess, and that's the thing that unfortunately you hear you know, over and over again is that it's all about testing and experimenting, which uh, is also cool because you can find out the answers for your particular store by running a few tests. But ha having said that, I have had really great luck with videos that are two minutes or less. Um, I've got a friend who actually had these seminars that he had recorded and posted. We're talking like 60, 70 minute seminars. And he posted those and gave those a shot as well and figured, boy, if somebody you know, sticks through that whole thing, then uh, they're definitely interested in what I have to say. He came with a really small audience, but very focused. What I tour normally do for an e-commerce store is a two-minute product video. Um, you could feature a best-selling product, a new product. Um, I've had great luck with behind-the-scenes footage, uh, customer stories, all this kind of stuff that um, gives customers a behind-the-scenes look at uh, who's running the company and about your products. And, um, and helps to form that relationship so they can start to trust you. And the next time you speak to them, it's not, how do you do, sir, a cold new introduction. Uh, now you can speak to them um, as uh, acquaintances. You already know each other and something about each other at this point. Very cool. And what, one, um, the one only last caveat, point on that. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Kurt. Well, with videos, I've seen, um, like if you watch, uh, you can graph in Facebook how long people watch, like what the drop-off is. Yes. And it, it looks like a, a black diamond ski slope the longer it gets. So <laughs> even like a two-minute video, you'll have lost probably, I've seen like you'll lose 60% of people in the first 30 seconds. Um, so anyone past 30 seconds is like super engaged because they've watched the whole thing. The only caveat I've seen is you kind of have to assume that the video, you, the video has to work without sound. So yes either at closed captioning to it, um, which they make very easy, um, or you know, just, just try it, use title cards, try and have it make sense without sound. That's exactly right, yep. And, and another, another thing that I would like to add is just to be sure to include, you can include a, a call to action link. Um, so the three that I use most often for e-commerce sites is shop now, learn more, or sign up. Um, so there's a little call to action uh, there. But even if they don't take action, if they only watch the video, they are now in your funnel, um, which is pretty amazing. And do these have to be professionally produced video or can I just grab, you know, can I just take my, my iPhone 7 and, and turn it horizontal and film, film myself talking? That's exactly right. You know, it's funny. I think that a lot of times people see a slick production and skip it. It seems like marketing material. Um, it's something that a department put out maybe. And when you see somebody that has a phone turned, you know, towards themselves or they're, or they're filming a, a product, um, as long as it's not real shaky and, you know, annoying in that way, then I've had really great results with that. Oftentimes better results with, um, a slightly lo-fi, 
um, video compared to the really polished ones. Um, polished authentic. ones can be really effective, but that's exactly right. You get the authenticity, which is what people uh, are looking for when they're engaging and trying to learn about your business. Okay. So from there, uh, you know, at this point, I, in theory, the person uh, clicked through the ad or watched you know, most of the video. Now what do I do with them? But so I'm assuming at, they haven't bought yet. Right, right. So if they have bought, then you can eliminate them from your, your, the rest of this ad funnel. But what I typically do is after I have them sorted by, by let's say, people that watch 50% or more of your video, let's say, um, then I start making um, what maybe would be my old cold offer, right? So for instance, you could take um, a carousel ad of your five best-selling products and uh, send that to them with a, a promo for new customers, right? First-time buyers, uh, promo code, and you know, here's some of our top products. Now, instead of running this ad right to this huge audience, it's a more focused audience. Your advertising dollars are more effective. And it's interesting, the further you go down the funnel, let's say, um, the higher your ROI and the lower your, your, your cost, right? Your CPM goes down, which is the cost to serve a million impressions uh, to your, your viewers. So that's the next thing I do is, is try and uh, get them to the site to, to take a look at a product. So right, how do we do that? So, so I, oftentimes I use those carousel ads. Um, oh, with I the, love those. Yeah, the carousel ads with you know, top-selling products are awesome on, uh, for that step. Um, once, they, once they make it to your site, then, uh, then the efficiency of your ads goes, ways up, uh, goes, goes way up because you can see what they looked at. And the next ad that you show – so if they didn't convert, then the next ad you show them – uh, can be related to whatever they checked out on your site, um, which is amazing. It's awesome. Um, and so you can deliver a, a message that is appropriate to the product they look at and how far they are down the funnel. If, they, if they've added to cart, then you can send them a cart and didn't purchase, then you can send them an abandoned cart message. Um, so this is what we're talking about. These are all variations on remarketing, right? Yes, you got it. Really, the uh, everything is remarketing below your initial... Uh, cold traffic um, campaign. But once you have that, a custom audience built, then you are remarketing, um, which is is super effective. Yeah, it's uh, I love remarketing because essentially it, you know, you're only showing ads to people who raise their hand. So suddenly it goes for people who you're really like you're a, a street vendor at that point, just yelling at them in their news feed like, hey, ch check this out. You know, we're, we're selling Simpson and Son tonic. Um, and like that's how it feels when it's just these drive-by ads versus the remarketing ads. Those people have all they have in some way raised their hand and said, "Hey, I'm I am recently interested in what you're selling." So they're familiar with it. It doesn't feel quite so um, doesn't feel quite so strange. It feels personalized. And I right. the other thing is you're no longer bidding against this huge pool. You know, you're only targeting your own audience now. Suddenly the the cost per click goes way down. Absolutely. And, you know, there's so there's new features that Facebook has rolled out. You Not everybody will see this in their accounts if they were to look today, but they're rolling them out actively right now. Um, so, so, for instance, once somebody makes it to your site, you can now do things like you can create a custom audience of people that have um, added a particular item or added anything to their cart more than once in, let's say, you know, a seven-day period without making a purchase. Uh, you could target people that have purchased a certain amount um, in, in a time period. 
You can target people that have looked at, let's say, five you know, pages or, or more. Um, there's all kinds of cool stuff that you can do now with, with these new audiences. And the way that you find those is when you're building custom audiences, just like the way that you normally would in Facebook, there's a new button that will appear that says advanced mode. And if you click on advanced mode, that's where you can really um, unlock all of this potential where you can, you can, it has modifiers like it'll sum numbers for you, um, you know, do greater than, less than, um, at least all, all kinds of cool stuff. And the goal of this is obviously to find the most relevant uh, audience, pick off the low hanging fruit, the people that are ready to take a next, that next step and give them the right offer. Yeah. So if you've got an existing store, you have existing traffic st- sources, I would focus on adding the remarketing because you could quickly, um, that's your low hanging fruit is you can add this uh, safety net of sorts to bring people back to the site. Because we know like on average, I don't even need to see the site. People will have to see it like three, four, five, maybe up to eight times before they make a purchase decision. Um, Yeah. What was I going to say? I lost my train of thought. All right. And then versus if you have no traffic, then the remarketing really, you know, is going to is, is going to be a struggle. Uh, but it's nice to put it in place early. And then because uh, you only need an audience of 100 people before it'll start showing. Um, right. You want to focus on that top of funnel, which is so much harder. But with videos really makes it much easier because they're they're engaging and they don't have to be high production or crazy. Um Right. Right. Okay. And if, if you back to the sort of uh, well, this could be anywhere, but it can be sort of at the top of your funnel cold. Now, now Facebook lets you target people that have engaged with your Facebook page. It lets you target people that have opened up uh, a new type of ad. You know, well, it's not that new anymore, but a lead ad. Um, there's all kinds of ways that you can build these custom audiences where it used to just be uh, people that visit your website. Now, you can target people that are taking different actions with your content on Facebook. So if you're getting started, you don't have a great web presence, then you can start with a Facebook presence or just start posting content on Facebook and then targeting people that interact with it. I mean, you can send ads to people that thumbs up your your um, your posts if you want or share them or, or all kinds of different actions. So it's a great way to fill the top uh, of your funnel and, uh, of course, build those, those re- remarketing audiences. There's a lot. Uh, excuse me. There's lots of great advice here. Um, in in 20 minutes, we we packed in a ton of info. I'm sure some people's heads are are swimming with this stuff. Um, you put together a download that walks us through it. Uh, what's that about? Yeah. So I put together um, a download. It's got 14 different uh, targeting sort of custom audience setups that we run through. And with screenshots that will show you how to create them on your end. So, um, I, you know, I was talking about how to target people that had purchased two times or more in 30 days. Um, you can see exactly how we put that together. And uh, you can download that from our site. The web address is produce, D-E-P-T, so I'll, I'll spell it, P-R-O-D-U-C-E-D-E-P-T dot C-O slash unofficial dash Shopify dash podcast. And I'll include that link in the show notes, of course, for people. Okay. Um, yeah, I've got the, you sent me the PDF. I, I've got it in front of me now. And it is literally screenshots of here's the custom audience. Here's exactly how to set it up in Facebook. So it makes it super easy to start experimenting with this stuff right now. Right, right. You could you could start using this stuff this afternoon with your ads and uh, and see, you know, better results, make more sales, target the right audiences. Kurt, we're coming to the end of our time together. Do you have any closing thoughts? Like, what's one thing you wish every Shopify store owner would do? 
I think that the crown jewel of Facebook advertising is getting dynamic product ads set up. That's that's another episode. You could Google it, but but they're amazing. It's something to to um, to strive for. It's it's not very difficult to set up. And so um, that's one thing. And the other thing is really just focusing on learning how to create cold traffic. As you mentioned, that's that can be the most difficult part, but that's the that's the key is learning how to to bring cold traffic into your funnel. And if you can do that, then these other campaigns that we've talked about will take care of the rest uh, and and bring people safely down to a uh, purchase and uh, repeat repeat purchaser. Where can people go to learn more about you? You can check check out our um, our main site, which is producedepartment.co. And I've also got another site, uh, KurtBullock.com, which uh, has some of the other things that I work on. I've developed some software apps and that sort of thing. Very cool. All right. That that was incredibly helpful. I hope people start experimenting with uh, these new features in Facebook ads. They're really quite extraordinary. It was years ago. You had to be some big enterprise to have access to stuff like this with a huge minimum advertising budget. And now Facebook has has absolutely uh, democratized it. Spread, uh, they've made it available to right. everybody. Um, it's, it's really, it, it's extraordinary. Anyway, th- Kurt, thank you. I appreciate it. I learned a lot. Thanks a lot, Kurt. And I have an announcement. Our first Shopify app went live in the Shopify app store uh, on Tuesday of this week. So this episode comes out Thursday. Went live on Tuesday. It is a crowdfunding app. So if you've ever wanted to add, if you have an existing store with an existing audience, but you want to uh, have better pre-orders, our crowdfunding app, it's called Crowdfunder, will let you set up a countdown timer, show how many have purchased, set funding goals, um, and then choose what happens when it ends and if it was funded or not. It's very cool. Uh, It's got a free trial. It's only 19 bucks a month after that. Check it out. I would really appreciate it. Go, look, go to the App Store, search Crowdfunder. Anyway, thanks, everybody, and we'll be back next week. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high-quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.